You want to talk about stress, though? Look no further than Surrey Memorial Hospital. It's reached a boiling point with OBGYNs adding their voices to ER doctors saying resource issues there are threatening, even costing lives. 36 physicians in obstetrics and gynecology joined the ER doctors in speaking out about this crisis situation at Surrey Memorial Hospital. Uh, Reports you, you may or may not have heard on the Mike Smith Show Uh, countless close calls and the tragic death of a newborn. Here is uh, BC Chief Coroner Lisa LaPointe talking about that newborn death and what must come next. Every child of a death in this province has to be reported to my office. So that death uh, will have been reported to my office and we will be investigating. And we certainly will uh, speak to the parents, we will speak to the attending physician, we will gather the medical records, um, and we will try to establish the cause of death. It is oftentimes more complicated um, than a clip uh, on, the, on the radio can, can yes. provide in terms of context, but absolutely we will be investigating that death, and that, was, that is within our jurisdiction to investigate. So what must come next? Critically inadequate resources, compromising patient safety. Let's bring in Richard Zussman, our global news reporter based at the legislature. And Richard, I know you've been deep into this story. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure, Jody. Thanks for having me. So who is to be held to account here? Or is it time to perhaps review the executives of Fraser Health? So I just spoke to Dr. Victoria Lee. I actually hung up on her to talk to you. And I asked her exactly that question. Who is responsible here? One of the lines in that letter you mentioned is this. We emphatically urge our community not to tolerate this degree of neglect from individuals who have the capacity to drive change at the regional and provincial levels. And what Victoria Lee said to me, and she is one of those people they are referring to, the head of Fraser Health. She says this is about global pressures they are feeling and together they need to solve this. I'm not sure that is enough to satisfy the concerns that we are hearing from OBGYNs, from emergency room doctors, from those on the front lines. Health Minister Adrian Dix points out that there are negotiations going on right now around resources uh, for doctors and uh, conversations for OBGYNs. And at times, these crises are used as negotiating tools. But I have never seen a situation, Jody, like this, where we have seen multiple departments come forward uh, in support of each other, speaking to conditions they believe uh, impact severely patient care. So the answer, who is responsible here? Ultimately, the way the system is built, it comes down to the head of Fraser Health, Dr. Victoria Lee, and Health Minister Adrian Dix. I know BC United continues to call for Minister Dix to step down as the Minister of Health. That is not going to happen. He has guided us through a pandemic. He continues to efficiently react to the situations the province is being dealt with. But there is still clear criticism here of the work that's being done at a provincial level and the responsiveness from Fraser Health to listen to concerns raised. Some of those exist, like the case that you mentioned, child dying in the hospital, We know the Fraser Health is reviewing um, a number of cases where people have died to see whether the staffing shortage uh, and the crunch on human resources has contributed to that. That investigation will take time. I don't even know if we'll ever publicly see the results of that. 
which I think is concerning as well, because clearly there's a public need and concern here. But we will see over time, um, in essence, how uh, these leaders can be held accountable for what's happening. Pressure in hospitals is not new, Jody. We know that. No. COVID no. Uh, created that. Uh, yeah. It created pressure like we've never seen but before that. We know that there's hour-long waits at, at emergency rooms. This has been a long-standing issue. But there seems to be now a growing sense of, yes, there's an issue, but the but leadership is not communicating to us in a way that we feel confident that those solutions are going to come. Richard, can you put into context just how unusual it is for this number of physicians, ER physicians, obstetrics, gynecologists, to step forward publicly like this? Yeah, we, we've seen these campaigns at times largely driven through their union or through concerted campaigns. But to have... Uh, this sort of magnitude and the number of people who've signed on, that's rare. You know, we saw Global News reported last week on the situation where 96% of ER doctors were charting at the end of April that the reason why uh, they were having challenges was because of human resource issues. 96% is staggering. That's, I, we believe it was 48 out of 50 doctors. That wow. sort of unanimity in the support of these concerns is what is rare. And, and again, these at times can be used as negotiation tactics, uh, but they are speaking in a, they are rowing in the same direction here. Uh, OBGYNs in the hospital, emergency room doctors in the hospital saying, we need clarity from Fraser Health. We need resources. The new hospital uh, in Cloverdale is not the only solution. There needs to be, um, commitment to additional staffing, additional resources to fix the problems we're experiencing. Surrey is, the, the, the province in some ways has its hands tied, Jody. We know the population is growing. We know that yeah. visits to hospitals are going up. We know we have an aging population. Health Minister Adrian Dix told me earlier that even those visits to hospital are outgrowing population, uh, largely due to the fact that people are getting older. We are, we are seeing pressure like we've never seen. At the same time, we are completing more surgeries in BC than ever before. But still, when people go to hospital, they need to know they are going to get the care that they need at a standard that they expect. And right now, doctors inside the hospital are saying, that's not the case. We can't deliver the care at the level that you expect based on what we are facing in front of us. Right, because this somewhat started, as you mentioned, this is a global issue. It's not a, a exclusive to Surrey, but at Surrey Memorial Hospital, where ER physicians were putting up a sign of their own making in the ER room to tell people that if you have a more minor issue, uh, so many people don't yeah. have GPs anymore, they're going to the ER with minor issues that would otherwise be managed at a clinic or at, at, with a general practitioner. But Fraser Health said you have to take that sign down. It's like, how to communicate with people to tell them that you might be waiting 48, 72 hours to see a physician. Mind you, if you have a heart attack, you're rolling through the doors because they're right. th the system is trying to do everything they can to save lives. And it's important for those listening who have loved ones who may need hospital care or they may need hospital care themselves. It is an emergency. Go to the hospital. Surrey yes. Memorial will have the resources there to help you. The challenge is the one that you spoke to, that because we have such a strain on our system, that um, the moment that walk-in clinics open their doors, their wait list for the entire day is full. Family mm -hmm. doctors, if you can get one, fill up 
very quickly. It takes weeks in some cases to get appointments. There is 900,000 British Columbians without a family doctor. All of that contributes to the fact. I, I was in the hospital uh, with our little guy um, in the fall, and there were groups around us, three of them. And it was a Sunday. He got hurt. Uh, we went to hospital because he uh, broke his collarbone. Three groups around us were all there because they didn't have a family doctor and they needed to get a prescription or they needed to talk to a doctor. And this was easier. Waiting in emergency was easier than going to a walk-in clinic or going to a primary urgent care center or finding a virtual doctor. And that bogs yeah. up the system. And, and the challenge the province has is the doors are open to everyone in emergency, but there needs to be better communication, as you mentioned, you know, is it a sign on the wall? Is it Health Minister Adrian Dick speaking through global news? How do we do it? They can figure that out themselves. But ultimately, there needs to be better communication about the way the resources are used. Because the bottom line is this. If you need care in BC, you have an opportunity to get it. The problem is there's a lot of people who need care all at the same time. And that's creating this unprecedented pressure that's leading to doctors uh, and uh, OBGYNs and nurses not being able to do the job that they are trained to do, to provide the level of service that we expect. And we will ultimately see many healthcare workers and physicians exit if they're put in a position constantly yeah. to have critically inadequate resources, right? And and compromising patient safety, that must be incredibly difficult. It's like it's like being a mash unit. You're you know, you're doing only what you can as opposed to oh. having the ability to do what's expected. How it's been described to me, Jody, is they feel they are breaking their oath. The oath that they made oh, to serve wow in hospital that when they are put in this situation and this is not a new challenge and this is not a surrey only challenge no. we hear this from doctors no. and nurses across the province that they feel they are not being able to fulfill their oath that they made to provide the service that is expected of british columbians and and we know this has been the case but that it, it gets it gets scary for those on the front line scary for patients and and we know you know the minister is making a lot of changes he is he is attempting to ref to change a system and update a system uh, that uh, had not had a lot of fixes over a long period of time. But it, right. the fixes are not coming fast enough for those on the front lines who are just saying, enough is enough. We can't provide the, the care that, that people need. Continuing our chat with Richard Zussman, Global News reporter based at the legislature. And Richard, uh, changes at the top at Atira. Yeah, so uh, we knew the changes had to come, Jody, because Janice Abbott stepped down after significant pressure uh, from the provincial government. This comes after the findings of conflict of interest, uh, that in a forensic audit found there was uh, significant issues between the relationship of former BC Housing CEO Shane Ramsey and now former head of Atira Janice Abbott. The couple are married. Uh, if you listen to CKNW at all, you've heard this story a number of times, but now we have a response from Atira. This is the first time we have heard for the non-for-profit uh, since these allegations came forward and what we heard was that they need to repair this relationship from, with the province and that was pretty obvious and Catherine Room has been announced as the new interim CEO of Atira. Uh, she comes uh, to Atira uh, with significant um, experience. She's the founder and CEO of Pulse Technology. She was the presidency of Technical Safety BC. She's been on a number of boards. Uh, she is largely going to be um, someone who handles Atira through 
uh, a challenging time until they find a full-time CEO that has very specific experience around delivery of homes, especially uh, for women uh, and children uh, and those that are vulnerable. Atira is the largest provider of homes for BC housing. It is an important partner for the province. And the province's essence told Atira, if you don't change your leadership, if you don't abide by the standards set out, then you will no longer receive new funding for projects. And this is a significant step to Atira uh, accommodating what the province has asked for through its findings. Uh, there are a lot of issues at Atira. We found out yesterday they're now unionized, yes. uh, clearly staff were not happy with the way things were running there. They felt they needed to unionize in order to deal with that. Uh, we have heard other concerns around the way Atira deals with their uh, facilities. The province is in the midst of doing physical inspections, Jody, of every single facility that Atira operates in Metro Vancouver. Uh, we will see what comes of that, but the new leadership is a step in the right direction in repairing that broken relationship with the province. We'll continue to cover that. Richard, I've only got 90 seconds left, but I saw a tweet from you last night that said that the voting system that Alberta was using yesterday that saw us watching one vote at a time for the first hour plus of the coverage uh, is a system that we'll be using here in B.C. in our next election. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit different. Uh, we should be somewhat concerned, but... Uh, I don't think in Alberta they feed those ballots through the system through the day. Uh, that is what we do in BC. We've seen it run through some by-elections. It has gone incredibly well, Jody. Sometimes those computers can back up, but I would be surprised if with this much lead time, we have the same problems. Uh, those that operate this technology want it to succeed. Uh, at stake is our democracy, <laughs> trusting that the yeah. votes are being counted. Yeah. So seeing yeah. what we saw last night in Alberta, their elections BC will be working with the providers to ensure that we can deliver the technology that, that provides votes in a much more expedient way. We don't end up with these situations like we saw in Alberta last night, where for hour, two hours, it was one, one, one in some of the riding. So uh, I think something. it's the problem's going to be solved. We have by-elections coming here at the end of June. We'll use that technology then. I, I'm optimistic the, the wrinkles will, will be ironed out. Nice. Thank you for the context on that. Always a great follow on social media is Richard Zussman. Always great to have you here when I'm filling in. Thanks for doing this, Richard. My pleasure as always. Thanks for having me, Jody. Have a good show.